So we've done a number of these podcasts so far, and we're really trying to keep it interesting and mixed up. And one of the main goals of uh, reaching out and doing these podcasts was to edu- help educate our, our listeners to all aspects of the modular home industry. So a few podcasts ago, I had uh, the current executive director of the Modular uh, Association, Tom Hardiman. And today, I'm fortunate enough to have Steve Snyder. Steve was Tom's predecessor um, a few years ago and had been has been involved in the Modular Building Systems Association for quite some time. And actually, Steve was the executive director of, of the association from 1992 to 2009 and continues to be uh, highly involved in, in our industry and still is an active member of the association. But Steve uh, made a career change and, and decided to become uh, an attorney and uh, is enjoying a successful career there. So he's done a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, he's been a... Uh, a baker and a candlestick maker and, and uh, a lobbyist, and, and, and now he's an attorney, and, and he's also a friend. So, hey, Steve, welcome. Yes, thank you, Dave. It's good to be with you today. You're right. I, uh, I've, I've uh, had some career changes over the years. I actually started uh, out of college. Well, first of all, I went to Penn State. I got a, my undergraduate degree in uh, business administration at Penn State, and then I went to uh, Widener University School of Law. Uh, but during that time, I served in the Pennsylvania State Senate as the director of the Senate Law and Justice Committee. And uh, after uh, after that uh, position, I became a lobbyist for the modular housing industry and uh, led the uh, trade association. At that time, it was the uh, Modular Building Systems Association. And it was a group of manufacturers that were involved in legislative and uh, regulatory affairs uh, on behalf of the industry. And I also served as their uh, uh, chief counsel, their attorney as well. Uh, and I did that in, uh, for about 17 years until, oh, about 2009, I believe you mentioned that date. And uh, at that time, I uh, uh, went out uh, on my own uh, in private practice, although my practice, my, my law practice, consists strictly of modular housing and some uh, some re- uh, conventional or stick-built housing representation. So I don't do uh, any criminal law or divorces or things like that. That's not an interest uh, that I have. So I'm still very, uh, very active in, in the uh, modular industry. It's an industry I believe in and, and, and an industry uh, of people that I, I have a lot of respect and I, I enjoy working with. And Dave, as you know, we go way back uh, uh, through the industry. Yeah, yeah, it, it has been it, it has been great. I always enjoy when I get a chance to see you and and, and talk to you. And I, uh, one of the things that I do remember is, is is in in our business and industry, the modular industry, is that um, when I first got in it thirty over thirty years ago, that that you know we we have competitors and and competition is good. But there wasn't much sharing of information within our industry. Everybody was very uh, tight to the vest. And Steve, I, I, I really think you helped break a lot of ground and brought a lot of people together. You, you, you know, and when your relationship with each individual uh, company, and then getting people together, getting them on the same page, so we could all, you know, work together to make our 
our industry a, a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the the thing that we found is that uh, although each modular uh, manufacturer is a competitor of all the other manufacturers, there's a lot of a lot of benefits to the industry uh, that can be gained by uh, manufacturers and 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 modular builders uh, coming together and uh, exchanging ideas and and also banding together to help when we have uh, legislative problems or regulatory problems. And, you know, it's a big housing market, and there's plenty of business for everybody. And so uh, we're very fortunate in this industry uh, to be uh, uh, able to both work together and still compete uh, for the housing for the for a very large housing market. Yeah, for for, for sure. So, you know, you know I, I I again I, I I'm I'm a little repetitive on this question just because of the current state of of what uh, our world is right now, but I, I do ask all my guests the same question. So conducting business for you right now, what, what is, you know, what's it like? Uh, what, what do you think will be changed forever uh, in, in the way that we do business because of, of COVID-19? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, uh, initially uh, business slowed down. Courthouses, uh, where I do most of my work, uh, closed up, and uh, uh, we were all kind of instructed to stay home whenever we could. But uh, as as this pandemic has has uh, uh, continued, and hopefully it's waning, uh, hopefully it's uh, diminishing. But uh, we've learned to do business differently, and so uh, I do a lot of hearings and uh, uh, oral arguments and things like that now with uh, Zoom. Uh, technology where we have uh, uh, FaceTime on the computer. We do a lot of conference calls with judges, which we never did in the past. And frankly, it it, it benefits. There's a lot of benefits to doing that. Uh, and I see I see some of that continuing in the future. For one thing, it cuts down on travel time, which cuts down on my clients' bills. Uh, it uh, uh, allows uh, uh, the the courts to get a lot more business done. And so. Uh, you know, little by little, we've learned to uh, uh, do, do more uh, more business without having to be face to face. And I, I'll tell you, uh, I, I won't I won't miss the the face mask. But uh, uh, I think there's probably a lot of things uh, uh, that we've learned uh, about the way we'll do business in the future. Yeah. Well, you talk about face masks. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just it makes me laugh because I now have. Uh, I keep mouthwash in my desk because there is such thing as face mask breath. And uh, I've heard people talk about it, and, and, and I won't miss that either when it's over. I know it's protected us, but boy, oh, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on from that stuff. Uh, <laughs> I haven't noticed that, <laughs> uh, Okay. So one of the, the main reasons, Steve, I, I, I was anxious to have you on and, and talk to you was so you could help enlighten our listeners and kind of give them an insider's view of, of – you know, what safeguards they should be taking when they're buying a house or building a home and, you know, help understand what to look for. And, you know, in general, what, why do I need an attorney with specific knowledge about, about housing? So, you know, bring us up to speed on that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I serve as an attorney mostly to manufacturers and builders uh, who 
uh, uh, I do a lot of work in drafting contracts and reviewing contracts, things like that. Uh, and I work in this modular industry because I think it's an industry where there's a lot of benefits to the consumer. So, uh, you know, the short answer or, or part of the answer to your question is one thing a consumer can do when they're uh, uh, trying to decide how they want to uh, buy a house and whether they want to build a house and if so, how they want to build it. I think it's important that they understand that there are a lot of safeguards built into the modular process that uh, that home buyers benefit from. The modular home uh, is a home that's built in the factory uh, where all the lumber is kept under uh, under roof so it's not getting rained on and snowed on and things like that. Uh, there's a lot because of the way the home is built and shipped and then craned onto the foundation. There's a lot of uh, uh, extra lumber and fasteners that make your house much stronger. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's a very highly engineered home. And so when you buy a modular home, it, it's not the kind of thing where there's a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of mistakes that have been made and things like that. Uh, there's uh, uh, each manufacturer has to have their plans uh, reviewed and approved by an engineer and by the state. Uh, there's a uh, inspection agency that's in the factory inspecting that home through every step of the process. And so we very rarely have uh, uh, a lot of the problems that you sometimes hear about uh, in conventional construction. And I think, uh, you, you know, the, the modular home really has, has, has a lot of benefits to the consumer. The other thing over the years that continues to uh, happen is that these are not cookie-cutter homes. Uh, these are homes that are, for the most part, uh, all custom. You can design your own home. You can take a home that's already been designed and change it to the way you like it. And so uh, there's a lot of exciting things for home buyers in this modular industry, and it's an industry that I very much enjoy working with. Well, yeah, and you know, you mentioned that you're heavily involved in, in contracts and, and, and developing contracts. And, you know, when I first got into the industry, the, there were no contracts. A, a builder called, they, they gave the specifications on the house, they ordered the house, and that's, that's how it worked. But because I think our industry has become so much more complex and customized that the contracts really are a good thing because, you know, they protect the manufacturer, they protect the builder, they help protect the end user because it, it clearly calls out, you know, what responsibilities and are are whose and 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 the, and the, and the what what they're getting the specifications and it's a lot less from the hip and it's more precise and and I I really view that again why why having an attorney involved is a good thing because it helps eliminate problems down the road for for everybody concerned. Yeah. It sure does, Dave. The, uh, the thing that I like to tell my manufacturer customers and my builder customers is uh, uh, hire me to sit down and review your contract now before there's a problem, and hopefully you won't need me for litigation down the road. Now, I, do, I, I still do a good bit of uh, uh, trial work, uh, litigation work, but I would much rather form a business relationship with a manufacturer or a builder where we review contracts and, and the legal uh, uh, 
the legal representation and the legal relationship that I have with most of my clients is I, I'm a consultant, I'm a partner, and my job is to help reduce the amount of legal problems that you have as you as you proceed with with your business. Right, right, and and you know I I know that that you are um, registered with the bar in in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, but it, you know you're an expert in this industry. You've been around a long time. So I, I from a non-legal standpoint, what what do you see the state of the housing market in, in the Northeast, Pennsylvania, and, and kind of in the country in general? Are you, are you seeing anything different or specific out there? Well, I am, Dave, and I'll tell you, you know, every year uh, uh, we all attend uh, um, uh, seminars and things like that, and, and I remember uh, uh, around about this time last year, uh, before the pandemic uh, started, before the COVID virus, uh, we have been in a very, very good housing market. A lot of that is because interest rates are so low and mortgage rates are so low. But the market, the housing market has really been strong. But a lot of economists were saying, you know, we may be coming up on a, on a slowdown in 2020, 2021. Well, believe it or not, what we're seeing is with this pandemic, the housing market continues to boom and uh, uh, people realize that you know we can we can buy a house we can build a house with, and still be safe uh, with regard to health issues and uh, this is still a great time to build houses and I have not talked to a modular manufacturer or a modular builder that's not having very very good a very good year and uh, uh, and and has a, a, a backlog literally a backlog of, of sales so uh, I don't know whether the pandemic actually uh, has improved business, but it certainly hasn't hurt the housing market at all. Well, you know what I, I see is, uh, and we talked about this on a few podcasts ago with some other guests, and it, I think it's continuing to play out, is we are this exodus of the metropolitan areas, and, and the modular industry always has, we the customers are attracted because they're they, it's scattered lot building. There really isn't a lot of subdivision building. The people mm-hmm. go out, find a lot, and then they, they find a builder and find a manufacturer and build a house. But we're seeing this exodus from the metropolitan areas into the more rural areas because people want space. And, and uh, in fact, in, a, in an upcoming episode of this podcast, I'm going to have a, a PA state legislator on. We're going to talk about that some more. So, you know, I, I see this. A little bit like, you know, and unfortunately, like what happened with um, September 11th, there was a larger housing boom to leave the city areas and get into the country. And and, and so this, in, in addition to the fact that there is a nationwide shortage of existing houses, there just has been since we came out of the Great Recession. So th- this is this is a good thing for the building industry, although it might be. Yeah, or or it's not might be it is it's, it's a bad thing for the country with with what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's just another bit of perspective from, and maybe we're going back on the legal side a little bit because I know you in, in working with builders and manufacturers, and there's these these code changes. Do you see anything big in in the construction industry happening from just from your point of view? 
You know, Dave, every three years, uh, building a code officials get together and they update the building code. And uh, unfortunately, while they're focused on trying to make housing more uh, housing safer, uh, it also makes housing more expensive. And so uh, one of the things that we get involved in is uh, uh, is trying to make sure that building code changes are necessary to make a home more safe, but but that they don't increase the price of the home and and push people out of the housing market that that know that that, that as a result of these price increases uh, can't can't afford a home. And so a lot of the work that uh, we do uh, or I do when we're doing building codes is uh, trying to make sure that there's a balance between uh, construction safety and uh, construct construction affordability uh, uh, but uh, uh, other than that I, uh, my business doesn't focus a, a, a lot on building codes uh, the manufacturer and the and the builder know what the codes are in every state they build and ship into and uh, and we, this industry is pretty good about not making uh, mistakes not not uh, uh, building code violations uh, uh, into their homes they were really highly highly regulated, and but I do agree with you on on absolutely on the affordability. You know, we that first time home buyer has really evaporated from the market. I I, I bought now again I'm older, but I bought my first house when I was you know 25 or 26. Uh, but you just don't see those buyers in in their 20s now. It's usually in their 30s, and it's and it's. It, that has an economic effect on on the whole country, and I always thought that that the person or the business that can really find a way to appeal and, and hit a price point for that entry level buyer is going to hit you know hit it out of the park and and uh, and, and have a lot of success with it. But it is a big challenge mm -hmm. in, in our in our industry right now. So, so Steve, you know. Uh, I, I'm looking at the clock on my wall. We, we, I think we've come close to hitting our time limit, but you know, I wanted to thank you. Why don't you tell our listeners if, if they are interested in in, in a, some legal help and how to find you? Yes, uh, thanks, Dave. My web address is steveonyourside.com. Now I know that sounds kind of corny, but it's easy to remember, and uh, uh, everything you need to know about how to get in touch with me is on that web page. Again, it's Steve, S-T-E-V-E, on your side.com. Uh, and uh, if you are a manufacturer or a builder or a homeowner, a uh, home buyer, and you have questions, legal questions, or just questions in general, I'm licensed to practice in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, uh, and I have clients in both of those states, but uh, I really can, can pr uh, practice in other states, uh, if you have a major legal issue, and I'm also able to give advice and things like that, regardless of, of what state you're in. And so I guess I would just simply say, if you have a legal question on construction, whether it's in the modular industry or conventional construction, please feel free to get get uh, look at my website. That's, again, at steveonyourside.com, and just give me a call. I'll be happy to hear from you. Uh, we'll do it. Steve, I'll, I'm going to throw this out to you as an open invitation to come back. Uh, I'm, I'm sure as, as, as things change in our industry, uh, there's always things that that are important and interesting to talk about. 
So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll circle back around here in a month or two and, 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 and catch up a little bit. But thank you again very much for, for coming on my show. And uh, just to our listeners, you can find Simplex on the website, simplexhomes.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. So uh, come check us out and visit us. And thanks again, Steve. And thank you thank to you all too. our listeners.